everybody. Welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Murray and Stella. I got my guests here, Blair Dunn and my friend Melanie. I don't know if she wants to use her last name or not. Sure, Melanie Rubin. Having an awesome show today. Had uh, John Block with us there for about the last hour. He had to go. He had other things to do. Um, but if you want to call in and join the conversation if you're watching our live stream... Uh, the phone number is 505-444-5059. We'd love for you to join the conversation. So we were talking about the uh, the CNN town hall with Donald Trump. We're talking about that quite a bit. A lot of points to take away from that. I um, And then I also played the Tucker Carlson announcement on Twitter in which he's planning on doing a version of his show on Twitter, which I am really excited to see what he does on there um, because he'll be completely unbridled by any kind of uh, moderation because that is what our mainstream – and, you know, they're all mainstream news now, even Fox – you know, you might have an exception maybe with Newsmax and OAN. I wa- that's pretty much who I watch is Newsmax and OAN. Um, they're really good. But uh, the one thing that had me a little worried about Newsmax uh, was for the longest time as they were playing the clot, sh- clot shot commercials. And to me, that seemed as though that Big Pharma – uh, had their hands in in the business of Newsmax, which just kind of OAN's never done that. So they're probably struggling uh, to bring in enough money uh, to pay the bills because of that, because they're not taking money from big pharma and stuff like that. Um, bring you guys back in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. So anyway, I want to, there was a, you know, when it comes to censorship, every, everybody nowadays, they seem to be um, censored, unless you're, you know, me, I don't get censored and I'm lucky enough to be, have my show airing on a radio station that absolutely does not censor me at all. Um, I hope that stays the case. Um, and, you know, I've got my streaming and my podcast now, which uh, certainly not getting censored there. And I think Rumble is probably the best platform for not getting censored. Twitter apparently is good too. So, you know, they didn't used to be. Yeah. They are now. They're pretty good. But there was a uh, an interesting video I found from a meeting at a um, Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting <laughs> that was rather interesting. And, and this guy was pointing out some things that uh, they didn't really like uh, to hear. And he got censored. He got shut down his mic got turned off they removed him from arrested him and removed him from the room hmm. um actually arrested him they arrested him it was unbelievable i know unbelievable so um what was he saying do you know i'm going to let you hear it right oh, now okay. i've got the clip now i want to i want to apologize for the sound quality apparently somebody was recording this in the room probably they weren't supposed to be but they did it anyway i cleaned it up a little bit i think it's i think you can listen but we'll find out here we'll give it a try let's see i am peter flaherty chairman of the national legal and policy center if we had an independent chair, the company would be less identified with Mr. Buffett's political activities. He's donated tens of billions to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. As Bill Gates explained, when the company was still together, although the company bears our names, basically half our resources have come from Warren Buffett. If woke culture is the disease, then philanthropy is the virus. The Gates Foundation bankrolls the teaching of critical race theory around the country, including that math is inherently racist. The Gates Foundation offers a gender identity toolbox, which asserts that gender is a result. I apologize. Let's hold on for that. I got a call here that I want to take. Um, hold on here. Let's see. Hello, you are on the. Hey there, you're on the air with Becca and Stella. How's it going, uh, Christy? 
Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, for okay, who I've got on the line, I've got Christy Hutcherson with Women Fighting for America. Now, she's been, for those of you guys that follow social media, she's been traveling all over the place uh, trying to expose the truth, kind of like what I've been doing on the radio for the last couple of years. And uh, she took a few minutes to call into the show today. Hey, Christy, how's it going? It is very, very busy. I will tell you that. So forgive me. I am literally out um, in the field. So, uh, but thank you so much for having me on because I think it's extremely important to understand. Americans need to understand that this is more than just asylum seekers. Uh, this is an invasion at a magnitude we've never seen on our soil. You know, I was talking about uh, earlier, I was talking about how the, uh, you know, Mayorkas, <laughs> this guy's such a joke, he uh, is talking about how that uh, people will be brought in on a legal path. And, and, and now there again, I've got a lawyer on with me today, too, by the way, Christy. Um, and uh, so... They uh, a legal path, and it's like you have to define what he's talking about path here. I don't think when he's talking about path, I don't think he's talking about people crossing the river on, on suitcases and rafts and sneaking through the woods and climbing over the fence. They could still be considered on a legal path. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our borders are not secure. Uh, this is unprecedented. We have, uh, my opinion is, I don't know what Congress has been waiting for. Uh, he should have been uh, removed from office a long time ago. And this is actual treasonous uh, acts against the United States of America. We're breaking our own federal uh, immigration laws. This is an unprecedented invasion. We have terrorists. This is what's really concerning me. This is no longer about uh, the federal government does hold immigration. This isn't an immigration issue anymore. This is a national security and domestic security threat to the United States. When you have our own U.S. national intelligence agencies putting out their threat assessment reports and stating that the trans criminal organizations, the cartels, are one of the biggest threats to our to our country, and they're still allowing them to operate and have full operational control at our borders. We have Chinese military men who are influxing, by the way, over 7,000. We just got the verification mm -hmm. a couple of days ago on this. We have Iran's Revolutionary Guard flying into Venezuela, where then the Venezuelan government gives them Venezuelan passports and identity, and then they absorb into these caravans as Venezuelans who are infiltrating into this country. We know that over 367 terrorists have already been caught, but we don't talk about the gotaways the tens of thousands of gotaways who we don't know who they are, where they come from, or what country. Uh, we have a very serious crisis on our hands, and America needs to wake up and get involved on this and push back. There is something we can do. In Houston uh, last week, and this is the fourth city in the last month who have been holding nuclear drills and training exercises. Oh, wow. The hospitals around this country right now, right now, the hospitals around this country are doing mass casualty uh, training exercises in the hospital systems as we speak. We have been told that the military have been told to, to be on the ready and their families to be on the ready. Something major is getting ready to happen. Uh, America, this is not about immigration anymore. This is about national security. Christy, tell me if you agree with me on this point. And this is something I've been talking about for months now. It's like I've been really, really concerned about all this unchecked uh, migration coming across the border. In which, uh, and, and the thing with the Venezuelan uh, people that you just mentioned, that claiming they're from Venezuela and they're really from, you know, some radical country other than that. And it's like, but, you know, I believe that we may be looking at a point in which we've got sleeper cells in this country in which we end up with a, a war within our country. And, and our current uh, fraudulent administration is allowing these people to just flood. I mean, we've got an invade. This is an invasion at the southern border. It's like, what would it take for for our current administration to say, hey, I need to send the, the military down to the border and we need to defend our country. At what point do we decide to do that? About four months ago. Well, yeah. first and foremost, well, to over two years ago when yeah. Biden took office, but first and foremost, we already have sleeper cells in the United States of America. They're currently here. Um, again, not to get into a lot of the details that I, that I can share, especially about, you know, I used to work in D.C. area. Share whatever um, you can, Christy. And so when you look at um, when we work with law enforcement officers, Border Patrol, U.S. Marshals that we work with down at the border, plus military intel, 
Um, we have we have been in Central and South America uh, looking at what's been going on in this country and so and how they're doing it. This administration has no desire, no desire whatsoever to stop the influx. As a matter of fact, they're currently working with the Mexican government to help infiltrate our own country. So we have a rogue government right now. And quite frankly, the Congress needs to step up and stand up and actually do something about this. But they don't right now. I have I see no political will. Uh, so we need to leave it to two things. The sheriffs of, of this land. Absolutely. And we need to leave it to the to the governors. So under under what I believe, and I'm glad you have an attorney on here because I'd really like to hear his opinion on this. I'm, I'm trying to right now gather some attorneys who have some backbone to look at our national security threat assessment, of course, from our own governmental agencies, looking at who's been coming over and how they're not vetting individuals. Um, this becomes a national security, not an immigration issue. So the governors, once they cross that 20, 30 foot uh, berm, which the federal government owns on the borders, that becomes either private property or state property. The governors can then send in the, the Texas, the, for example, the Texas State Guard law enforcement officers. They can even deputize uh, private citizens to meet these people and put them on a separate bus and then eject them from our country because this is national security implications. Um, each state has a constitution to the, the citizens of that state, and I believe they can superfend the federal uh, government's immigration policies under uh, the national security implications. Well, I believe, Christy, that uh, state constitutions uh, trump federal constitutions. I mean, they've, they've turned everything upside down to where people actually believe in this country that the federal government is at the top. And, and in fact, the federal government's supposed to be at the bottom. Well, I, the supremacy clause. Get, get a little United, closer there, Blair. The supremacy clause in the United States Constitution would say otherwise, and every decision since the Constitution would say otherwise, as far as state constitutions trumping federal constitutions. But there's a there is a good point in this, which is that outside of that area, uh, if our sheriffs and our governors want to round these people up and make sure that they aren't a security threat, if they aren't that they aren't breaking laws and detain them, they absolutely can do that. What they can't do is really is deportation because that is an immigration policy and law that is under the Constitution and the purview of the of the federal government. But at what but point, Blair? When, at what point, Blair? When the federal government's refusing to do their constitutional duty, what 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 can you do in that case? Because that's what we currently have. Well, there was there were a, a bunch of states uh, in the early 1850s that tried to make this case. That's the problem is that we went through a civil war and I always catch flack for this, but Lincoln was probably the least constitutional president we, we've had. In You're not country. the only one I've heard say that. I, I agree with you on that. Whatever, whatever hap happened then has destroyed the ability of federalism and the states to actually really control that. There is a lot of supremacy to what the states can and cannot do. And there is still some that they can and cannot do in this situation. Certainly, they can detain these people for breaking the laws in those states. And if you have broken federal law, we can make it a crime in the state, like I believe Texas is doing, to say, if you've broken federal law, that breaks our law in this state. And so, therefore, we're going to detain you. Or we're going to put you in a prison or we're going to put you in a jail. And if the federal government wants to deport you, they can come get you and deport you. But otherwise, but the, but the problem with all this is, is they're put, they're shifting this huge financial burden onto the border states to take over and to then detain and to do this job that they should be doing. So when there's a dereliction, I don't know what you end up doing. Well, look at look at the resources that Abbott in Texas <coughs> is devoting to this thing. He's got uh, National Guard troops down there at the Texas border, and they've put up razor wire and everything like that, and they're repelling them. They're saying, no, you, you, we don't want you in here. You're not allowed to come in. And they're keeping them out. Now, they're unarmed. I noticed that by watching some of the news reports. But, you know, the thing is, here, here's the point I'm making. Does, does an invading force have to be wearing military uniforms before we say you can't come in? No. I no. mean... <laughs> You know, don't you think that if they thought that they could just dress in civilian clothes and that the and that they could be allowed to just walk in and then get into our country and then at some later point in 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 the future attack us from within within how would we fight a war like that? You well, know, didn't, here's the thing: you brought up the Romans at the very beginning of the of the whole deal. Trojan horses. This is exactly the, the Trojan horses. Right. Yes. Well, that's exactly what it is. What Rome fell because of the threats that were moved from the outside to within. That's all that's happening here. It's the same thing. 
The reason that the Biden administration. Well, well go ahead. Go ahead, Christine. No, 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 go ahead. The reason the Biden administration. You know, I believe. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. No. You go. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's, what's really interesting is you ask that question, what can we do? Well, the founding fathers did put in the Constitution a, exactly a scenario of what we need to do. And that is when a government goes rogue, when they no longer serve the Constitution or the people, then it is our duty, duty to replace such government with a righteous government. And that's what I believe. We're, we're literally at that stage that we need to start looking at uh, unfortunately, we have a corrupt government, and we're seeing it every every day come out. Totally agree. Uh, even our own DOG, DOJ, and all have been weaponized. So we have to start looking at how we can constitutionally, peacefully, lawfully remove a government who's not serving the people of the United States nor the Constitution. So, so here's where I become a successionist again, uh, and I've been labeled by that by the the current New Mexico administration and others. We need to have a constitutional convention, whether it is held through our current constitution or otherwise. States like like Texas and the others that should be um, that that are trying to do something about this should be banding together. And if the federal government that we have won't won't acknowledge that, then it may be time for a divorce. Right? I, That's where we're. You headed. know, I've I've heard people say that these <laughs> these states that are enacting this constitutional carry thing uh, are ones that will definitely join that effort. <laughs> you know, the problem I have with constitutional carry is the Constitution all, already protects carry, so we're making laws. Okay. And this is happening on multiple fronts. We're making laws saying that it's okay to carry your firearm, okay, without a permit. But by doing that and by accepting that constitutional carry law, you are voiding the right to keep and bear arms. And that's happening, and I think that's by design. And I'm seeing that happen on other fronts, too, in which things which are rights are being turned into privileges. That's right. No, that's exactly well, – so our whole, our whole discussion today is centered around this idea of, of having a system and trying to beat them at their own system, right? Yep. You really, it's really hard to, to, to win at a rigged game. It's nearly impossible, right? So if you, don't, if you can't beat them at their rigged game, you have to go set up a new game. That's really what this is coming down to. I think, I, I think that this is going to be a driver on that. I think the next election, whether, whether President Trump gets reelected or somebody else gets elected instead of Biden – However that comes out, I'm worried the country is now at a point where you will never get it back into the same thing. I think we are headed for either a civil war or some sort of national divorce. Oh, I, I, agree. I completely I, I agree with you, Blair. There's no way we're going back to where we were. There's no way, There's no path to get there. Right. It's like it's only going to move forward in the same corrupt direction that it's headed unless something stops it from moving in that direction. Right. And unfortunately – those of us here in this room are living in the the socialist part of of that in, endeavor, right? Like, it's going to be hard to get New Mexico, and even Arizona now is a lot more blue than it should be. So we're kind of stuck on this blue California streak right here, and we're oh. in the wrong part of the country yeah. for the divorce. Yeah, we are. So, but Except I think we're that's... also in the Republic of Texas. Well, we're close enough that we can hopefully get them to take us. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the right side of the river. Yeah, we're going to get a divorce <laughs> yeah. from from yeah. from this side, and we're going to go over and we're going to go hang out with the, Christy. With have you heard about husband. that movement, the Republic of Texas? Have you heard about that one? I have. I have. Yeah. What's I your have. What's your thoughts well, on that you know, one? Well, you know, I, I believe that we have this beautiful, incredible document called the Constitution, and I think that uh, man has tried to uh, misinterpret the, those documents, misinterpret the Constitution, and some instances try to eradicate it, get rid of it. Um, I believe the Tenth Amendment was um, uh, not ratified properly or legally way back when. So there's there's a lot of issues here, but you're right. Uh, sooner than later, there there's going to be something that breaks, right? And we're seeing it. And if you study history. And you look at societies and, and how America was formed. How do you destroy a country? Um, Stalin, Mao, all of them said it best. The only way America is going to fall is if, if it falls from within. Well, how do you make a country fall from within? You infiltrate its systems, your government, uh, grassroots levels uh, at every letter, the education system. And then you open up the borders. The final phase is opening up the borders and flooding it with 174 plus different nations. You allow uh, military uh, men to come into this country purposefully 
there's training camps all over this nation. I've, I've personally seen them myself under the disguise of of either uh, at-risk boys camps and things like that, where this administration took those over, turned them into fortified camps where they're bringing these uh, UACs and young adult males. What are they doing in these camps? You know, there's the FEMA camps. You've got the World Economic Forum, the United Nations. I call it enemies at the gate. We're being surrounded. Uh, and not just surrounded, but we're also being infiltrated. Well, the, the gates, the gates are wide open. Yeah, I think that they've, we've already been infiltrated. I, I guess that's the, it's a distinction <laughs> yeah. as to where we are in the process. But I, I, my belief is, is that it's we're we're twenty years too late at this point now. I think that that's it's. Well, I always have hope. I, I just think that America is going to look a little bit differently, but it's going to take the American spirit. It's going to take the Americans to stand up and finally say, you know what, we've had enough. And what do you do, right? So what, what do you do? Um, action. I'm an action kind of girl. On our website, we have action plans. How do you save America's future? Um, me and my team of very special skill sets, we are going to be holding uh, training, uh, how to geofence your communities, how to geofence your home, how to be prepared for the, what's coming to this nation. And by the way, it's coming very, very soon with everything that we're hearing and seeing. Uh, we don't have much time anymore. We, we've been playing far behind um, too long, but there is hope, but the hope is going to lie if, if we're going to have the American people actually finally stand up and do something about it. Totally agree. I hope you're right. I, I hope, hope you're right, too. It, yeah. But but your point, to our earlier point about building alternate systems, it may be the alternate system is, because I think the balkanization of the United States is like at least 10 years down the road now. Like you look at the difference between New Mexico and Texas. And, and it, all it is is we're just figuring out where the lines are being driv- drawn now at this point. An alternate system may be a new constitutional convention. We, uh, th- there are ways to improve. That document is, is, is the most important document, second to the Bible, in, in my opinion, in the, in the history of humankind. But it doesn't mean that it can't be improved because it, it still came from man. So there's an opportunity here, if we can't get this one fixed, to do it again and to do it better. And that may take getting rid of the folks that don't want to be part of that, right? It may mean say, you go stay in California then, so we don't have to deal with you. I'm all in favor of that. Now, it's like, if you really want... And I can tell you... Go ahead. I can tell you right now, there's already plans um, in place for um, parallel systems. So um, I'm really excited about uh, those plans and what's already been done to help facilitate the uh, security and sovereignty of the United States of America. You know, there's uh, a lot of a lot of people that I uh, deal with, Christy, here in New Mexico, where we've formed groups over the past few years in which we uh, have regular meetings and we talk about things and we talk about uh, life in a parallel system. We talk about bartering. We talk about urban farming. We talk about sharing resources um, and we do have to i i'm kind of in favor an all of the above approach it's mm-hmm. like okay um let's 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 plan for all of the above and and just do whatever we have to do and christy i love what you're doing i've been following your your uh, your videos that you put out and where you've been going and what you've been doing and how you're trying to educate people me and you have been doing kind of the same thing on different fronts i've i've been here in new mexico i've been forming uh um rallies i've been going to protests i've been uh helping uh, form uh um um uh, referendums and things like that fighting against unconstitutional law um you know camping out at the capitol and protesting up there and trying to get people to listen and to pay attention and then i ended up on the radio a couple of years ago just as a fluke i I didn't see that one coming and uh so so now i'm on a radio station too here in town so and what i do is i i go through this stuff and i try to wake people up i try to make people aware of what's really going on and i try to take the language you know kind of like if you watch the tucker carlson thing the other day where he put out on twitter and he's talking about how the news how they'll basically twist the words and tell you something they'll lie without actually lying you know it's lying through omission or or changing the words or changing the meaning of words we see all of that stuff going on we all have to become three percenters right i mean that's we essentially do. what it comes down to so we do so to that end one plug for myself here i did uh, there's a redraft on my facebook page of it or not a redraft it is the it is a new draft it's a draft of the new declaration of re-independence huh. it's 
I'd love to have people's thoughts. So it's on my Facebook page if oh, anybody wants cool. to go check it out. Cool. Yeah. I'd love to look at that sometime. Yeah. So, Christy, um, what do you think about uh, the uh, apparently last night at like close to midnight, a federal judge comes up and says, no, nope, no, nope, you can't let these people come across without setting a court date. Amen. At least we're doing that. But here's the problem with that. The court dates are over 10 to 12 years out. Yeah. Well, that's how they'll deal with it. They'll say, so, okay, we're going to give them so court dates. Can, what does that mean? It's nothing. It's a piece of paper. And we already know that most of them don't show up to their court hearings anyway. Once they're in the country, they're absorbed, right? Yeah. And there's nothing we can do. They're not tracking, they're not tracking these individuals. And then, quite frankly, they're not vetting these individuals. We don't know really who they are, where they're from, what their real ages are, because the documents are either forged or left on the other side of the border. I've seen this in trash cans and just thrown all over the place. They're coached to do these things. Mm -hmm. this, this is a purposeful invasion by this administration to allow America to fall. Why? Because Biden's administration is a puppet of the Chinese Communist Party, period. There is a globalist agenda. This globalist agenda, um, America's standing in the way. They're the last frontier of, of their ultimate plans because the American people still have heart. Uh, we also have our Second Amendment, right? And so we cannot allow our Second Amendment to go. We have the right to bear arms. Oh, yeah, that's under full attack. Ourselves. Hey, Christy, so we're coming up you, on... You have to. We're coming up on the break. Can you stay with us until uh, after the break, or do you got to go? I've got about uh, five or ten more minutes. Why don't you go ahead and plug, uh, plug you how people can contact you then? Absolutely. We need all the help we can get. All hands on deck right now. We are at uh, DEFCON 4, Women Fighting for America. That's WFA. A dot win WFFA dot win. Please get involved. There's a 14 point plan to save America's future. There's also a battle ready plan. Uh, I know that the law enforcement officers and everything have asked us to come down. We need the funds to do that part private public partnership. When our federal government fails us, it is up to the people. Christy, thank you for everything you do. And anytime you want to call in and give us an update, this is where we are every Friday morning. Um, you know, call in whenever you want. Perfect. We'd, we'd love to so hear much. from you. We'll definitely do that. Okay, thank you. Stay safe you. out there. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Um, we'll be coming right back here in a few uh, for the final segment, so don't go anywhere. See ya. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is back to the final segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Got my guest Blair Dunn in here and Melanie Rubin. Having all kinds of... Had, had John Block on with us for a little while. Had Christy Hutcherson from Women Fighting for America just call in. You know, we got a lot of good people out there in the fight. We really do. You know, we're talking about this parallel economy. I um, deal with a lot of groups that are involved in that planning for the worst. Um, By the way, if you're listening to us on KDAZ Radio, you're listening to the Encore presentation from Friday morning. Um, Thank you for listening. And uh, check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com. From there, you can click on the Rumble link. You can watch and interact with us and call in and be part of the conversation on Friday mornings if you want to. And you can also check out the replays and uh, the Becca's monologues and the resources. I, I'm trying to put more and more stuff on there, so it's like your one stop where you can get everything you want on there. I've got a link for Women Fighting for America's uh, site on there, too, on the resources tab. Thank you, Christy, for calling in if you're listening. So anyway, um, parallel economies. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been talking to people in which they are uh, uh, teaching others how to do, like, small-scale farming, even if they live in an urban environment, mm-hmm. um, how to get enormous yields of, of food in a very small space. Um, you know, I've been telling people all along, and, and what Christy mentioned there before she had to go, is like, we got to protect our Second Amendment, because I'm telling you, that is the one thing standing between us and, and total fascism. Yeah. Total fascism. And the thing is, is they're, you know, they're using the media to manipulate people's uh, thinking. Um, you know, I saw just the other day where there was some uh, thing in court where they were trying to prevent... Um, people that were between the ages of 18 and 21 <clears throat> from getting a gun. Now, so apparently when, <coughs> excuse me, apparently when you're 18 years old, you're old enough to have a gun put in your hands and be sent to some foreign country to possibly be killed. Um, but you're not old enough to own a firearm in your own country uh, for self-defense or hunting or whatever as whatever lawful purpose you want to use it for. Right. And by the way, having a firearm uh, that is classified as a weapon of war. You know, back during the um, Revolutionary War, they were using weapons of war 
Back then, a musket was a weapon of war because that's what the military was using, too. The British were using similar weapons. Right. So, so the colonists and the militias, okay, not government-ran military forces, were using weapons of war because the weapon of war back then was a musket. Just so happens that now uh, a popular weapon of war is a um, semi-automatic rifle of some type, uh, better known as an AR-15 or an AK-47. I have both, you know. Um, And why do I have them? I have them in case things go really, really bad. I don't have them because I'm going to go out and commit a crime with them. I have them because if things go really, really bad, which they might, um, our current... uh, uh, out-of-control crime regime that is running this country right now is allowing millions of unknown people to come into our country, which, you know, like you even heard Christy talking about that before the break, and I've been uh, talking about this for a couple of years now, that how do we know that a lot of these people aren't forming sleeper cells? And they are. They're setting up training camps in our country. What are we going to do? What what are we going to do on the day that these people decide to co- coordinate attacks from within our country? Well, those of us that do have our firearms will hopefully we'll take them up and, and quash that. That's and what so we have them. That's, that's part of the reason I have it for. That's, you know, I, yeah, and I an mean, AR-15 could it be an effective weapon of war? Yes, it could be, and I may have to use it for that someday. I use mine for coyote practice or for for coyote hunting for practice for the weapons of war phase yeah. of that too. Yeah, I, it's just. This, this idea that the Second Amendment is somehow just for hunting and fishing, or hunting and, and not fishing, for, I don't think it'd make yeah, a good well, fishing I mean, implement. Can, no, you can fish with them; that doesn't work, work real well. But <laughs> not, not saying I've tried. Um, but absolutely, it had to do with with not just our government, but threats from abroad as well. Right? Yeah, like, and it's self-defense. That's what it comes down to. Whether it's defense against the government or a foreign government, or against a neighbor that intends you harm, that's the reason for the Second Amendment. Right, and you won't have a First Amendment, like they, like everybody likes to say, if you don't have a Second Amendment oh, for well, very long. Once the threat of the uh, uh, use of a firearm to defend your country goes away, then they can do whatever they want to you. That's right. Yeah, they can. So yeah. I say that all the time. Yeah, I don't need to harp on that anymore today. I harp on it constantly. <laughs> Thank goodness you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what about this thing the other day that uh, Joe Biden – okay, now, (laughs) frame this first before I talk about this. Okay, think about during the scamdemic, which that's what I'm going to call it, the scamdemic, okay? They took a a strain of the flu. This is what happens when you take a strain of the flu, which if untreated, if you catch any form of flu – even in many cases, if you catch a cold, if you ignore the symptoms and you don't take the, the, the known therapies that are known to help you get better, you will continue to get more sick. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took a new strain of the flu, whatever they want to call it. They called it the COVID-19, which, yeah. you know, the name in itself, if you do a little research on that, is pretty, <clears throat> pretty creepy. But they take a strain of the flu And then they say, okay, all of these things that we know are good for treating the flu, we're not going to let you do those things. Right. We're not going to let you have uh, ivermectin. We're going to order you to stay inside. We're not going to let you go to national parks and things like that. We don't want you out on the beaches. We don't want you going out and getting outside in the sun. Vitamin D. Because, God forbid, you get some vitamin D that way, which is also another thing that works to help get you better from the flu or cold. And, And we don't want you going to the gym and working out and staying in shape. No, we want you to stay at home. We want you to net watch your Netflix. We want you to stay out of the sun and stay we, stay by yourself. Don't have family. Oh, you can't oh have my family gatherings. Or oh my gosh, no! You're going to kill and, your grandma. That's right. You're going to mm-hmm. kill your grandma. And and we can't let you go to church either because we can't have you gathering with other people that might provide you with encouragement. Okay, so all of these things that help you get better: vitamin D, sunlight, exercise, um, <clears throat> eating good food. Going out to a restaurant, you know, uh, no, can't do that either. Gathering with friends, going to church, they, they, they took away all of that. So what happens? Okay, a thing which is just another strain of the flu that normally you just take normal things for and you would get better and you'd stay healthy and, and, and you would take 
you know, maybe have access to take things like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine if you want to. Why not? They've been around for decades. <clears throat> they turned it into something that doesn't get treated, so you just keep getting worse. Well, I think it's worse than that, <clears throat> right? Like they, There's enough information now I think we can look at it and say it wasn't just another strain. It's a strain that they, they actively engineered. Manufactured. To make, manufactured to make worse. So that they could turn around and then sell these vaccines mm-hmm. as, a, as a solution when there's these other things that did. So they have to keep you away from all the things that will work and give you a worse disease so they can scare you with it. Right. It's, a whole, it's the whole Oh, thing. it's novel. It's something new. Yes. It's, not only that, it's like uh, they're determined, determined to make this uh, mRNA available to you in, at any cost bribes. I remember they were giving the lottery here in New Mexico <laughs> up to a million dollars if you just got your shot and then tossed your name into the lottery bag and uh, just a stupidity like that and if they can't do it that way now they're going to inject our food with the mrna mm-hmm. the cows the pigs you know Thanks. your fresh fruits and vegetables so if you buy your vegetables now and it says a p e l on it it's already been coated with that and you can't wash it off with the stuff that we have no idea what it is yeah yeah but a you peel. Uh-huh. And not only that, now they're coming out with another virus that's supposed to be terrifying the, the what is it, the fungus virus now that's killing people left and right, and it's going to be getting worse and worse. It's all fear-mongering like crazy. And even in the U.K., they started saying, we're going to start wearing our masks again because five people died. <gasps> oh, my not gosh, five, five people, people died. You know, like, it's insanity every, everywhere. Five but, people which wearing a mask wouldn't have saved anyways. No, which probably made it worse, actually, wearing the mask. Probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so all of these ridiculous restrictions got put on the airline, okay, back during this. And the airlines, uh, the, the FAA ordered, was ordering passengers on air, commercial airliners to wear a mask. Well, of course, that ticked off a lot of people, and you heard about people just flipping out on the airlines and going crazy and getting drug off the airlines and charged with federal charges and things like that because they weren't going to comply. Now, you know, honestly, I my my uh, attitude towards that was, as I said, as long as this restriction stays in place, I will never fly on another airline. Amen. That was my. I was totally prepared to never fly on another airline for the rest of my life. Same here. Okay. And if they ever put that uh, mandate back in place, I will not be flying on commercial airlines again. And you know, but instead, there were some people. Okay, I, you know, I'm okay. I personally don't have a problem with it myself. It's like, okay, they said, darn it, I'm going to fly anyway, and I'm going to refuse to comply. It's like, well, I, I refuse to comply in a lot of places, but I didn't do it on an airline where I could be drug out and charged on a, for a federal crime. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it with grocery stores and things like that. <clears throat> but because they're not going to stop me from buying groceries, and they're not going to force me to wear a mask to buy groceries. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. But there were some people that got on the airlines, and they threw a fit, and they probably got charged with a federal crime and, and all of that. It's like, eh, no, you know, I'm just not – I'm going to protest by not not provide, not going not gonna to give them my business. Right. So, so you have that, and then also on top of that, then uh, Joe Biden and his bunch of cronies, uh, his federal agencies, which, by the way, federal agencies are not mentioned in the Constitution. They, they really don't have the power to make laws. Uh, Congress makes laws, but of course we've forgotten about that in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they forced airline pilots and everybody working in the airline industry. Well, if you're going to keep your job, then you've got to uh, you got to take this experimental injection, which by the way has not had any clinical trials. We have no idea what's going to happen to you ten years from now, but we're going to make you take it, and otherwise you're going to be fired from your job. Right. So there were a lot of pilots. A lot of uh, people that worked for the airline said, well, screw you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take this, let you put this in my body. I don't know what it is. And they lost their jobs and they got fired. So therefore, the airline industry was not only had a lot of pissed off customers that didn't want to wear a mask, but they also had a lot of employees that were fired because they wouldn't take the injection. So all of this damage is done to the airline industry. And now... When airline industries are struggling just to keep their flights on time, and they're having constant delays because they don't have enough pilots, they don't have enough flight attendants, they're having all these problems, they have systems that probably were not properly maintained in the air traffic control system. I know I used to work for the air traffic control system for the FAA. Um, These systems are really complex, and uh, thank God I didn't 
still have that job when all this happened because I would have been fired from my job with the FAA because I would have said, screw you, I'm not going to wear a mask and I'm not going to take a shot. Well, and don't forget, the, <clears throat> the, the pilots that did take the shot are now having all these adverse cardiac events and they're losing pilots because they can't, can no longer right. pass the physical and fly. So, well, yeah. And they're, they're flying people around. They could have a heart attack with 300 passengers right there. That's why I'm still reluctant to fly. <laughs> you know, what? how do you think these people feel that were forced to take injections because you had to have the injection to travel? Remember, at first you couldn't go if you didn't have your vaccine. How do you think all these people feel now that they've been like tricked into all this, you know, that they got the vaccine, now things are going wrong with their body. Uh, young athletes are dropping dead, you know, mm-hmm. between the ages yeah, of yeah. 18 and 28. Jamie Foxx, right? Yeah. Jamie Foxx, you know, is still being hospitalized and they still don't know if he's going to live. And he's he just had a... he. That he had a medical complication is what they're calling it. They won't say what he, what really happened. Right. We know what really happened. Jamie Foxx had the injection, and as a result of that, he is probably dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's happening. Yeah. A healthy guy, you yeah. know. But they'll censor that, and we'll never know for sure. Of course not. They'll never tell us. No. Yeah. Um, so all of this damage has been done to the—and not only that, but you mentioned the, uh, the injections, uh, the pilots, okay? Mm-hmm. Number one, the FAA has rules against having any kind of experimental drug therapy uh, participating in anything like that if you are going to maintain your medical certificate, okay? Mm -hmm. They broke their own rules, okay? They had all of these pilots injected with an unknown substance, which they had no idea what the reaction was going to be, and then they put them on planes flying hundreds of passengers through the sky, and I I think it's a miracle that— already that we have not had an instant in which a plane dropped out of the sky and killed sure. everybody on the plane. I mean, we've already had one one of the pilots keel over while flying the plane, but it's just a matter of time before both the pilot and the co-pilot both keel over. It's just... And, it's, it's, and now I've heard they're considering <laughs> only having one pilot because of the pilot shortage. So when your pilot keels over, that's it. Bye-bye, folks. Not a point that I'm... <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard about that, but that's even yeah, more that's scary. A, apparently under yes. consideration. I absolutely will not fly on a commercial airliner that does not have two pilots in the cockpit. Absolutely not. Unless they're going to tell me, hey, Becca, uh, we're going to give you access to that cockpit when, when the one pilot that we have keels over, because I'm a pilot, and it's like, even then I'd be hesitant. It's like, well, I've never flown a, a, you know, a commercial jet, but um, okay, um... I could probably pull it off, um, but one pilot in the cockpit, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, That's really that, scary. I, I think I'm going to travel with a parachute under from now consideration. on. consideration. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what Joe Biden wants to do is he wants to penalize the airlines after he's destroyed the airlines. Okay, Joe Biden has destroyed the airline industry. Okay, Joe Biden did this. I mean, you might argue that Joe Biden it probably has no idea what's going on around him, but still, the fact matter is is that Joe Biden is responsible. Okay, this guy that can't even afford us form a sentence. The buck stops there. Yeah, it does. It stops there. Is somebody's phone buzzing on the counter? might be mine. You can grab it, Stella. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, there we go. There, okay. there is some vibrating okay. the whole table. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so he wants to penalize these airlines for having a late flight or a canceled flight or whatever and force the airlines to um, give the passengers a refund, give them credits for free flights later on, give them free hotel rooms. Now, back in the old days of... Uh, in which the airlines, before the airplane airlines got destroyed by Joe Biden, um, they used to overbook the flights intentionally. I, I mean, I would look forward to that. It's like if I was going on a trip somewhere and I had and my time was kind of flexible, mm. I would go and I'd just sit there and I'd wait and I'd say, "Oh, goody, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna ask for people to." give up their seats and it's like and i get like vouchers for like a couple hundred bucks plus a hotel room if it was going to be overnight and a free meal and it's like hey this is pretty good you know and then on my next flight i you know i got an awesome deal because i had this voucher yep. um but that's when the airlines were not struggling that's when they were making money and they were overbooking flights and they had plenty of pilots and plenty of flight attendants well that's not the case anymore yeah you know now uh, they're just struggling to, to maintain their schedule of what they've already got. And so he wants to, 
you know, stick it to them even harder now. With and and you know what this is going to result in? Nationalization of the of the airlines. Oh, that's how they'll fix the problem. It's like <laughs> these darn airlines. It's like they're doing such a bad job. I think the federal government needs to take them over and federalize them. That's what'll happen. Oh yeah, that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. It's the old create the problem so that you can provide the solution. Exactly, exactly. And and so many people are so brainwashed by the media in which they're not they really have no idea what's going on i have a i have a friend that i was talking to the other day i've been trying to bring her into the into the uh world of the awake people like us um because she's very asleep and she doesn't know any of this stuff and and i'm trying to enlighten her and it's like one of these days i think i'm going to be sitting there talking to her and the light bulbs is going to come on it's like yes I got one. <laughs> See, it's these people. Hopefully. It's these people that'll say maybe the government should take over them because they'll do a better job. That's right. Yeah, they, they trust the government for everything. It's the people we see driving around alone in their vehicles with their masks on. Yes, we're, we're calling you out. Yes, that's you. I you're, really you're think that I really question whether that person should be allowed to operate a motor vehicle or vote or vote. <laughs> yes. So. So what's going to happen as a result of this uh, stuff that uh, Joe Biden's going to do to the airlines? It's like it's going to it's going to get really bad for the airlines at that point because they're going to have to they can't they're they're barely hanging on as it is. So it's like, okay, all of this extra expense, which is going to be substantial, okay, if he manages to pull this off, um, is is going to cause them to have to raise the prices by a significant amount. You know, and not only that, not only just that, but, you know, he's wanting, oh, well, everything has to be disclosed up front. You know, all of these expenses has to be, you know, put out up front. It's like, okay, so not only are they going to have to be giving away a lot of stuff for free, but they're going to have additional administrative expenses to implement all of this additional paperwork that's going to have to be done. um, And it's going to result in higher significantly higher well, prices for airline tickets. The airlines haven't even recovered from the scandemic yet. I mean, they were hit pretty hard. And Southwest Airlines, especially with all their antiquated equipment, they uh, canceled over, what, 2,500 flights? Yeah, yeah. They have not recovered yet. No, they're not. No. Yeah. So I've been thinking, if you are comfortable taking the risk of flying on a plane with all these vaccinated pilots that... Now's the time to go because who knows if we'll be able to travel again in a year or whenever soon because it feels like there's going to be another hit on the whole travel thing, the next wave. Well, no, I think you're right. I think it's coming. Well, and I think that's part of the larger picture, right? Like they want to move everybody away from the freedom of travel, right? Mm-hmm. You're not really free if you can't really travel. And if it's whether it's because you can't afford to or it's because they've made it so hard to do it, whatever it is, they don't want people traveling. They want people stuck. They want you in your box. Doing they want your, you in your 15-minute city. That's yes. Right. Making, your, making your widgets in their, in their factories, and that's it. That's all they want. they don't want. They don't want free people. No, they don't. No. So, yeah. So, they're, I, I believe that this is actually intentional. I believe they're trying to destroy the airline industry, or they're trying to federalize it, or both. I don't know. Same thing with the with the cars. They're trying to, they're they're really putting the screws to the auto manufacturers, and they're and they're wanting to move towards these uh, everyone having an electric car within just a few years. Yep. Now, here's the question I have with that: is that okay? Our electrical grid cannot support everybody having an electric car. If everybody had an electric car, our grid would be way beyond overwhelmed. Okay, and on top of that, and that, I'm talking about our current grid. I'm talking about our current grid, which currently still has a few nuclear reactors on it and some coal-fired plants and gas plants and things like that. But they're looking to get rid of all those. Okay, so they get rid of all of those, and then all we have are windmills and solar panels. Right. Okay, so we're going to have we're going to end up with a grid which has a far, far lower capacity than current currently does. So the question I have is, is there something I'm missing here as far as the electric cars and the grid? Okay, because, okay, the grid cannot currently sustain that, and the future grid that they envision most certainly can't sustain that. So is there something that they know that I don't know? No, that's that, the question I have. No, that's a, it's, it's intentional, right? It's the same thing. They don't want you to be able to travel. 
being able to travel is being able to be free. It's being able to go from someplace you don't want to be to the place where you need to be, right? So that's that's all it is. I think what airlines, vehicles, all that, making everything like it is, I think you're going to – the next thing you're going to see is you know some sort of biometric. It's going to be tied to your social credit score. And you're not going to be able to get on the plane even if you have the money to get on the plane because you won't be allowed to because you're, you're, you don't stick with the Ministry of Truth narrative. Mm-hmm. Your car won't operate because your social credit score is too low at that point in time. You're going to have to get in line with the party speak so that you can go ahead and, and then, then we'll let you go about your, your business. Right. Uh, an electric car is a great way to be able to disconnect people. Right? Because mm-hmm. they can turn you off. If oh, yeah. Social credit score. If you've got some gasoline squirreled away and you can put it in your car, you can drive. Yeah. But if you have to, nobody's going to have their own electric grid, right? That requires That's a lot harder. dependence and centralized control and something that they can turn you off of. Well, it's got easily. a computer in it that they can just shut off Oops, from wherever bye-bye. they are anyway. Well, not only that, but all new cars, all new cars, they can be tracked. They can be controlled mm-hmm. remotely. You know, these these systems that, that they're putting in cars to allow them to self-drive also allows them to be remote controlled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know. All of this, and then and then we have the financial system, which is falling apart. You know, the banks are. I had another bank just the other day uh, that was a big bank that collapsed, and they are the larger banks are gobbling up the assets of these banks, and I think this is going to continue. And and a lot of people, I I love it when Joe Biden said the other day, he mentioned something about how, oh well, don't worry, this is uh, it's not going to you know affect uh, the taxpayers in any way. It's like. Dude, it's like, where do you think the federal government gets their money from? I mean, really? So I, about all of that, it's all of this is in a sense looking in the rearview mirror, right? And this whole idea of parallel society is about looking ahead mm-hmm. because we can't drive looking in the rearview mirror. All these systems are imploding. So I love the idea of thinking about what are the new systems. What's the new transportation? How are we going to get around the world without those centralized airlines? How? What are our new currency systems going to be? Um, mm-hmm. People well, you, are creating things out there. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> Everybody's going to stay put, like you said, in the 15-minute cities. You know, if you think if you think about it, if they have their way, mm-hmm. our our modern world in which you know I think about you know I have relatives out of state and I think about how you know it's like I don't really think even twice about it about using basically federally provided interstates and 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 things like that and gas stations along the way so I can fill up my car along the way and and get there and see them but you know the federal government has the ability to separate all of us from people that are farther away. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea of a 15-minute city and all of these kind of things and taking, you know, I've heard people talk about these electric cars, how, you know, if you turn on uh, the air conditioner or the heater, heater room, or if you've got a battery-powered truck, it's like, you know, the range drops from like, if you put anything actually in it and haul it, it drops the range from like 250 miles to 100 miles. We're running out of time, guys. What? And you were worried that three hours would be oh. too long, Blair. <laughs> Come on, didn't no, that go fast? Go, we can do another hour easy. We could yeah. do another two hours. I got plenty of notes for that. <laughs> We'd have to take a lunch break. <laughs> we we probably would. Bio break. <laughs> so, uh, Blair, thanks for coming on with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Melanie, thanks for coming on today. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, thank you for uh, for John, John Block calling in. Thank you for Christy Hutchinson calling in today. Mm-hmm. It's been a really great show today. We've had a lot of people um, getting getting in involved today. It's been fantastic. Which is what we should all be doing, getting involved. Food. That's what everybody needs to do. Everybody yeah, needs to get involved. Instead of watching to see what the government's going to do, get food, involved. <laughs> food for thought and what are we, where are we going to go? So I hope yeah. uh, I hope you all learned something today from all of this. So uh, send your questions and comments to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. You can pretty much do everything from there, including watch this live streaming broadcast on Friday mornings. Check out my Facebook page. Um, like, follow, you know, Twitter, we retweet. I'm on. Uh, I'm also on True Social. 
check out the late night show I'm doing on Saturday nights where we talk about weird things, sci-fi, government cover-ups, things like that. Saturday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on Rumble. Freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. Divided, we are weak. Together, we are strong. It's time for all of us to stand up, open your eyes, reject division, and tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda and hate, hell no, we won't comply. And everybody together, we We are are the the resistance. resistance.